Hi, this is Dr. Shanitra Cuthbertson, and this is the Amaze One Podcast. This podcast aims to strengthen your faith and edify your soul. Walk with us as we walk with the one on the Amaze Road. Enjoy this week's message. Drop you in to start talking about some of the different depths of the indwelling spirit before we handle some things within ourselves. We had a couple words up last week. Um, we had flesh and carnal mind, and we had words like that up, and we said we were going to continue to work with them to help us better understand this indwelling spirit. So this sermon today is entitled Terms and Conditions. Y'all know it's some terms and conditions in God. I was researching this week, and I went to Verizon, and I, I looked up their terms and conditions for their um, their cell phones. And it's so funny because for every cell phone plan we've purchased and for every um, every new app you get, you click that little button that says you accept or agree to these terms. Now, half the time you do not read them. You have no idea that you are selling your cell phone number, address, and social security number. And everything locked in your phone when you click for that, um, what's the Candy Crush app? But the same way that the apps and the, the Verizon Wireless has terms and agreements, there are some terms and agreements and conditions in this word. And it's so funny because I was just thinking practically about Verizon and I was like, so they present to you a plan. They say, here are our plans. We got unlimited. We got about a gigabyte. Whatever you want. Here are the plans. And the plans sound good because they're going to give you access to have a line. They're going to give you access to communication, access to the Internet and applications, and access to FaceTime and every other thing that you want to do with that cell phone. And so the plan sounds good. But Verizon says, I'm not hooking you up to this access until you agree to some terms and conditions. And we find out what kind of payment you're dealing with. The same as such, there is an access to God through this indwelling spirit. And it is not something that you just roll up on. It is something that is grants access. But there are some terms and conditions. So we're going to talk a little bit about those today because it's not enough that God has a plan. I was, you know, researching this week and I, I was like, oh man, I remember when, you know, I was watching something on YouTube and, and Drake had a song called God's Plan. I said, now that's interesting. I'm going to look up the lyrics of that. Let's see what he was talking about. It has nothing to do with God's plan. I said, I can't use you in my song. Well, I'm using them, but I can't use you like I wanted to. I thought you was going to say something. Because a lot of people like to talk about his plan because his plan it's just that. It's a good plan. It does not require any execution just yet. People love to hear about their destiny and all the gifts that God has on them because ain't no execution involved in that. You don't have to do nothing. The gifts of God are irrevocable, the Bible says, and that they come without repentance. So when I see you and I point out your gifting, yeah, it feel good, but you ain't do nothing. Like God gave you that. But when it comes to these terms and conditions, there is something required of you to get this access. And one of those things that is required 
is that you cannot have a carnal mind. You cannot be carnal. The Bible says that those who are in the flesh, we read it last week, cannot please God. The Bible says that a carnal mind is enmity. We talked about that. It is hostile towards God. It cannot be subject to God, and it won't be. And so if we're talking about this excess, then our minds cannot be carnal. But if our minds did not have the ability to be carnal, then I would not be talking about this today. The reason I'm talking about it is because everybody in here, including me, will find ourselves in carnal mindsets. And carnal mindsets ain't nothing but barriers and roadblocks to the indwelling spirit of God. Because he can't move like he wants to when your mind is carnal. But we're going to help us out a little bit. We're going to go to John 14. And Jesus is about to leave. These are red letters in your Bible. And he said, let not your heart be troubled. Because he knows he's about to leave them to give you some context in the scripture. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If you could stay right there for a second. You can go back to that one right quick, Sean. Let not your heart be troubled. Now, we always hear this sermon. Where y'all hear this sermon at? Funerals. They always read this at the funeral. It's interesting, I guess. Because when we think of mansions in English, we're thinking about MTV Cribs, or am I dating myself, or... I don't know what come on TV right now. But we're thinking about this illustrious home, right? This ain't about no house in the sense. This is about the Greek word of this means dwelling. So Jesus is saying that in my father's place, there are many dwellings. And in that place, I'm going to prepare a place for you. In my father's dwelling of his awesome and wonderful presence and his, his bright light, his brilliance, I am preparing a place for you. Because after I go to this cross, room and access will be made for you. Go forward. And Jesus says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. So when I go, And I make space through my body and blood in places in heaven for you. When I go, I will come again. And I will receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Jesus, there is something about dwelling and abiding that Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit seem obsessed with because it's in our Bible so much. He's saying, listen, I just want to be with you. And I'm making room to be with you. And I'm using my body to make room and access so you can be with me. And when I go, I'm coming back. But believe when I come back, I'm going to get you and I'm bringing you to me. And where I'm going, you are going also. God, that's good. I am going, you are going also. I have made a way for you despite everything that you have ever done. Despite everything you have ever been through, I am making a way and making access for you because I want you to dwell with me. He is stuck on dwelling. So we dwell with him now in the earth. Abide, abide, abide is one of the words that is used for that. 
And then we go to dwell with him again in eternity. He said, I'm going to bring you to myself. And where I'm going, you're going too. So he seems to be stuck on dwelling, stuck on abiding. Go for it. And he's talking to his disciples again, setting the scene. This is before he goes to the cross. He says, and where I'm going, you know, and the way you know. And good old Thomas, in true Thomas fashion, Lord, we do not know where in the world you are going. And so if we don't know where you are going, then how in the world can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is a term and a condition. No one comes to the Father except through me. I am. I am the way. That's why I'm telling you you go to dwell in me. I'm telling you to, to abide in me. I'm telling you to let my spirit abide and dwell in you because I am the way. And your access back to where God meant for you to be in the first place upon creation is through me. So you got to stay in me and stay with me so that where I go, you can go also. John 14. I'm going to skip up a few verses. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. If you love me, keep what I tell you to do. And I'm praying to the Father, and he's going to send you another helper, and he's talking about the Holy Ghost, because Pentecost has not happened yet. And what is that spirit going to do? He's going to abide the well with you forever. Go for it. The spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. The world can't receive him because it can't see him and it don't know him. We're still, we're moving into talking about the carnal mind. The world we live in, the carnal mind, the flesh, it don't know them, it can't recognize them, and it don't see them. That's why it's enmity with God. It ain't got nothing to do with God. It can't stand God. That's why we can't please God in the flesh. Because that, the spirit of that thing don't know him, and it's not going to respond to him. So if we are operating in a carnal mind, we are in a place where we're not responsive to God. And if we're not responsive to him, then that whole dwelling impact and access is not happening. But Jesus said, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be, read it with me, in you. He will be in you. He will be in you. There are a lot of churches that make a hierarchy of being filled with the Holy Ghost. You ain't got the Holy Ghost yet. Get back down there to the altar. I got the Holy Ghost. You ain't got the Holy Ghost. 
I speak in tongues. You don't speak in tongues. Like it's a hierarchy. It's not. It's not a hierarchy. And whether you speak in tongues or not, this spirit has to dwell in you. And the evidence that the spirit dwells in you is your life. But if I looked at all our lives, Stephanie and I was trying to do an exercise this weekend. It just did not work. Um, we're trying to make a pie, right, of all the things you do in a day. All, like if, you, if you're, all your time was on a pie chart, you say, how much of that is meditation? How much of that is talking to God? How much of that is reading your Bible? How much of that is maybe listening to preaching? How much of that is just being still in his presence? How much of that is social media? How much of that is gossiping on your phone? How much of that is just the rabbit hole you get on when you get on YouTube and then you just look up and you've been on there an hour and 25 minutes? When you look at your time, how is it spent? Because if you have eight hours in a week in an iPhone to tell you of screen time, then they break it up for you. And it says entertainment and social, and that got eight hours. But productivity has two hours. And you know for a fact, if you had it all the time together, you didn't read your Bible for one hour. There's something off about that. There's something off about that. And when he's abiding and indwelling, you just want more. You just, you just want more. But here's the blessing that Jesus said in the beginning. I'm going to prepare a place for you. I didn't ask you to make the way for the access. Your only responsibility is to respond. And the way you touch this Bible and the way you meditate and talk to God throughout the week, that is your response. That is in your hands. The way is his. It's him. So Paul says this in Romans 12. He says, I beseech. It means to beg, to implore. He says, I beg you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, because God is so merciful, present your body, all of it, mind, body, mouth, heart, eyes. Present your body, your spirit, your personality, every part of you. Present your body a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God. And Paul goes on to say, this is your reasonable service. When you look that word up, it means rational, intellectual. Some people would say, this is the least you could do, but I don't know if I like that one. Paul is saying, I'm begging you. Because the mercies of God is, are so great that the Bible says they are new every morning. Every morning God is giving you grace and mercy to live this life, despite whatever you did the day before. And Paul is saying, I am begging you to take all you have in response to God and present it to Jesus. Because as a believer, this is your reasonable, rational service. For a God like this, we got a song at the end saying, who wouldn't serve a God like this? For a God like this, this is your reasonable service. This is rational. This makes sense based upon the mercy that is on your life. This makes sense based upon the grace that God has spilt on you. It makes sense for you to present your body 
a living sacrifice. And Paul goes on to say, and do not, because he's trying to get us to a place, he says, and do not be conformed to this world. Paul is not talking to the world at this point. He's talking to the church. And he wouldn't say it if it wasn't already happening or it wasn't possible. So he's saying, yeah, you could be in the church, but you could also be conformed to this world. But he says, don't do that, but be transformed. That's like a metamorphosis. Y'all saw Transformers, you know, the little things, little cars turn into, yeah, little robots. He says, be transformed, morph into something else. How do I morph? Metamorphosis, that's the Greek word that this is coming from. How do I morph into something else? How do I move? Paul, you're telling me to be a living sacrifice. Well, Paul, sacrifices get slaughtered. Sacrifices spill blood. Sacrifices are given to something else that is not to their benefit. So you're telling me to do this, Paul, but okay, don't be conformed to the world. But the world is pretty powerful. You know, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life, all that's all around me. How do I not do that? In other words, how do I stay out of carnality? He says, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because your world, your life, everything around you has taught you something. And some of those things are in direct contradiction to the will of God. There are things that you desire, and they are in direct contradiction to the will of God. Your mind loves them, but it is in direct contradiction to the will of God. And the only way to get your mind aligned is Paul said you got to renew it. So what does that mean when you renew? My cell phone contract is up. I'm contractless right now, so I can leave if I want to. But Sprint want me to renew what does that mean? Make that contract new again. Sign up to them terms and conditions again. Take that mind that is in there and renew it. Make it fresh. Why do I need to renew it? Because if you don't renew it, you're going to conform to the world. But when you do, you will prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Nobody knows. You can say, you see the hand of God on my life, but you don't know if I'm really in his perfect will. Complete is what that means. Because you can't see the totality of my yes right now. But in time, if I stay with him and I am transformed in my mind, there will come a time where proof will come out of my life showing you that my mind has been renewed in God and I can show you his will. Go forward. Why your mind got to be renewed? Because of the way. Back in the early days, before Christians were called Christians, they were called people of the way. And the way literally means like a, a path, a beaten path. And they were called the way because they were like, they, you know, there's some people, they doing the Jesus stuff and 
That's, that's the way they go. <laughs> we are people of the way. We are people of Jesus. And people of the way, part of their evidence that they are in the way is that their minds are renewed so they don't look, act, sound, or resemble anything of the world. We are the light of the world. But you can't be light if you look like darkness. That's why this carnal mind matters. So I'm going to do, I think I got three more slides. Trying to go to Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 5, 1 and 2. You're going to be like, where in the world did this come from? It's related. Paul writing to the church at Corinth, and we've talked about them. The church at Corinth is unfortunately known for being carnal. They are known for taking each other to court, backbiting, and sexual immorality. And Paul is writing to them, and he says, listen, I don't heard so much about y'all that because he left, he wasn't there at the time. It's actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you. Y'all so carnal that y'all doing the kind of stuff that is not even found among pagans. Y'all so out here that y'all doing, y'all out world in the world. Y'all are gone. For example, for a man is living with his father's wife. Stay right there for a second. Hold up. Paul said, I got to call you out and just call it sexual immorality. Then I got to call you out and tell you the world ain't even doing it like y'all doing it. Then I got to get more specific and let me tell you about who it is. So y'all so carnal, because this is what happened when you're carnal. When you're carnal, you don't make no sense, and you ain't got no respect for the things of God, because you don't care. A carnal mind is enmity with God. Don't care about him. It's so gone that although they call themselves Christians, this man will march in the front of the church with his daddy's wife and sit down. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You need to offer an envelope. Something wrong. Paul is like, no, 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 no. Y'all are carnal. God ain't in this. Y'all allow. It's one thing if the young man do that. But your church so gone that can't nobody even call him out. Why you think people don't call people out? Why don't we call people out most of the time? We get real quiet when they get in our area. Somebody doing something we weekend too, we be like, well, I mean, you never know. Don't judge people. You just... I mean, you just never know what they're going through. That's how we get. <laughs> we get tight. Because he ain't the only one in sexual immorality. Paul is saying, y'all doing, your mind's so carnal, you're worse than the world. Yeah, you in the church. But y'all gone. And not only are you going outside the church, you bring it inside. Go forward. Paul said, ain't you arrogant? You're arrogant. You got the nerve to be marching this stuff up before. Do you know? Because it's one thing to make, you know, it sounds very egregious that a man would take his daddy wife and bring her to church. But do you know we got equally egregious things that we bring before the God, the presence of God? Paul said, you are arrogant. You should be mourning. Because this, this means it's not so much that he's offended his father. It means that something is so wrong in this boy that he don't care what nobody think, God included, but he still want to be a part. That's carnal. There's something so wrong in her that she don't mind being out here 
and, and not devoted to her own husband. Paul said, y'all should be mourning that. That should make you sad that brothers and sisters are gone like that. Because, like I said, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. That means your brothers and sisters, they're somewhere that's far away. The Bible tells us to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. You should be mourning, but you're arrogant. So that he who has done this would have been removed from among you. Y'all should have been outraged. But you're not. Because you're carnal. Go for it. Why is Paul writing to them? Because he don't want them to be carnal no more. This is what, because you got to have some understanding about Corinth. At this time, Corinth is a double seaport city. We talked about that. Full of tourism, full of money, full of just hypersexual culture. And one of the things that they would do is, is worship gods that would require ritual sexual uh, sacrifices. And they would worship these gods. And so these people, by the time Paul is writing them, have only been saved about three or four years. So that's not that long. And so the thing about them is that they would say, maybe say to Paul, Paul, I ain't shook this stuff yet, but do you know what I was doing five years ago? <laughs> you know I was on a mountaintop with three, four people? And I'm just with one. Paul, do you know, I don't really know how to do this Christian thing, but I know how to do this carnal stuff. I'm good at it. Do you know that? Paul, do you know I, I like drama? It just gives me energy. And so I like keeping stuff started. That's why, you know, I bought this backbiting in the church. And I think Paul is letting the church at Corinth and us today know Jesus is not confused about where you are from. He knows exactly where you are from. Matter of fact, if, if anybody got a little hood in them, right, and somebody push you, push you like mad, you'd be like, don't bring it out. Don't bring it out. Don't Y'all don't say that? Okay. Y'all bougie. What you mean don't bring it out? Don't bring out where I'm from. Jesus knows where you're from. He knows what you've been through. He knows where you have been violated. He knows the way you were raised. So for the people in Corinth, I know you came up in this foolishness and that's all you ever knew. I know that. He knows the areas that they are weak in, that we are weak in, the things that impacted the people of Corinth. See, they hold society as hypersexual. And I can't help the fact that I was born in this society. I'm born in a society that worships other gods. That's what I came up singing. That's what I saw in entertainment and socially and in my house. That's all I knew. And, and you can't, he knows you can't help those kind of things, the things that impact you. But that ain't no excuse. Because back in verse 12, he said, that's why you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because you got to let Jesus walk up in your mind, walk up in your soul, and he has to start uprooting and healing 
what you've been through. He has to start healing how and where you were violated. He has to start healing and removing the ignorance sometimes of how we were raised. He has to start strengthening up the areas that are weak, and he has to give us peace in stuff that we cannot control. And that comes through the renewing of this mind. Because if you don't renew this mind, you're going to think according to what you've always known. That's why this carnal mind is is enmity. God hates it, and it hates God. And God hates it because it blocks your access. It blocks you from your really receiving the full benefits of the terms and conditions and he can't stand it because he can't never work how he wants to work through and with you as long as it is sitting there so here's just a simple definition of carnal mind you can think about this if you think about the practical example of the young man with his daddy wife carnal minds resist God God can't tell them nothing. Holy Spirit can't tap them on their shoulder and get their attention. Carnal minds rebel against God. Carnal minds reject God. And carnal minds are self-directed. Paul is saying, you got to be transformed and renewed out of that thing. Because that ain't going nowhere. 1 John 2 and 5 is the last verse. But whoever keeps his word truly the love of God is perfected, completed in him. How are you going to keep that word? Because you got to abide and dwell in it. By this we know that we are in him. How we know? Go for it. Oh, there, that's what word. There, look at that word. He who says he abides in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. This is how we know we in him. This is how we know we abide in him. We look like him. And a carnal mind don't look like him. Go forward. So those are some of the terms and conditions. I'm trying to limit my edits, but I guess I got to edit it now. <laughs> abide. That's it. That's the terms and conditions. Abide. Abide. Go one more. Because that word to transform your mind is metamorphosis. And the easiest way that we know about metamorphosis is the butterfly. So what is God saying? Your mind has to stop crawling on the ground like a caterpillar. Go get somewhere. Incubate. And let God work on you from the inside. And as he works on you from the inside, that outside starts to look a little different. And as time goes on, what is going on in the inside and the transforming of the mind will show up on the outside. But it's a metamorphosis. That means it takes time. But one day, just like that caterpillar that stopped crawling on the ground, 
it becomes a butterfly and it flies. And one day we'll be walking and we'll be walking just as he walked. And then on another day, he said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to bring you to myself that where I am, you will be also. God is good. He don't want our mind in these locked down carnal places where we resisting and rebelling and rejecting and we so busy trying to direct ourselves that we really ain't going nowhere. Help us in the way. God, let us pray. God, we bless you today. God, we bless you. It is your will that our minds be transformed. The carnality in us is a thief. It steals and hinders our access. You don't like it, and it does not like you, and it is not subject to you, and that is not where we belong. For everybody under the sound of my voice, we all have an area of carnality. Moving at Jesus. Areas of selfishness and laziness. Areas of overindulgence. God, help us move out of this carnal mind. Areas of immorality, God. Areas of deception. Areas where we fully engage the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life in real life and entertainment. God, help us renew our minds this morning. We want to be like you. We want to take advantage of the way you have made for us, each individually and collectively. Help our minds to speak, Jesus. Help our minds to speak, Jesus. Help our minds to speak, Jesus. Help our minds this week, Jesus. And use them to thy glory. Let them be a place where your word flourishes, where your spirit resides, and where your peace can rest. God, let ultimately this mind be in us. That is also in Christ Jesus. God, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I usually just say it twice. I say amen, amen twice. Y'all ain't know that? We're going to take up our offering at this time. Thank you for joining us. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share. We would like to take this moment to thank our mission partners for your continued support of the Emmaus Ministries. If you would like to become a partner of Emmaus Ministries, visit us at www.emmaus1.org. God bless, and we'll see you next week on the Emmaus Road.